The Money Show. Ad feature with Andy Rice. Are you feeling, Andy Rice, that you're losing your mojo, your creative juice, your spark, your get up and go, your joie de vivre? That's a nice new thesaurus you've got there, Bruce. Um, I know. It's evening. called Wikithorus um, or something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, I hope that you're, you're um, not suggesting I've lost my creative mojo. I'm I may asking, well do it's, as, as asking, a matter of part and time. But um, it's critically important. If there's one word that in the marketing and branding and advertising industries should be paramount on everyone's lips, it is creativity. And uh, this was, uh, you know, any threats that may have emerged as a result of changing business practices are still quite young, quite fresh, and we're not quite sure how to respond to them. There was an interesting article in the Business Day this morning, which was in turn uh, taken from the Financial Times in London, which was a very comprehensive analysis of what is, if you like, threatening creativity uh, as a result of this change in in communication structures and, and business from meetings going from in real life to uh, on Zoom and other platforms. And there's a sense among some analysts of this business process world that uh, the lack of meeting, the lack of what they call serendipity, uh, bumping into people in the corridors or uh, having a, a chance encounter with a, uh, a non-colleague, but someone who has a, 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 interesting thoughts on whatever you're looking at. These, uh, these, these opportunities are being superseded in many cases by, by a technical um, working from home uh, connectivity is, it seems, in some people's eyes, undermining creativity quite significantly. And if that's happening, then I would have to put my voice behind those who say we have to do something about this because loss of creativity uh, as a result of, of, uh, uh, of just following linear analyses from based on data rather than on insight is a real problem for the future of the, of the marketing communication industry. I don't know what how the advertising industry works particularly, but I wonder uh, whether it, it, it works like many others, where you, you sit around a table, you sit in a room, or you're at your desk, and somebody comes out and bounces an idea off you, and you respond, and somebody else in the corner hears the idea and throws something into the mix, and suddenly it's almost like a jamming session amongst musicians. Suddenly you actually get a, you get a tune coming out. I'm guessing advertising works, you know, ideally should work a bit like that. Well, it does in the traditional model and um, premises and environments and entire companies are designed to foster creativity and to encourage moments of, of lateral thinking and, and, and shooting off in obscure directions. And, and now it, it seems that what those same premises and workspace designers are trying to do is to try and introduce that kind of creativity or serendipity uh, into the um, post-COVID environment. Um, there was an interesting observation in the same article from Paul Levy, senior lecturer at Brighton Business School, who says, whenever we try to design serendipity um, in the digital world, we lose the serendipity because we designed it. I'm, I'm very much doubt whether we will ever discover an algorithm for serendipity, and that is that is at the crux of the of the debate that these two parallel streams of of rational and creative, where they used to be nicely interwoven in an environment that welcomed both, is now perhaps being 
uh, eroded and and replaced by a, a more organized, more technical, more digital sense of conversation. Yeah, oh, look, I mean, it's it, the world is changing, and you know maybe industry is going to have to change with it. But certainly, advertising may lose just a bit of the magic if it all goes digital. It all becomes analytics, and it all becomes data-driven, insight-driven, creative content. Because that's you know to old school uh, participants in an industry, Andy, that may just seem like a fate worse than death. Old school, me never. Um, but yes, it's 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 the biggest uh, threat that we have to address, as I said at the beginning. And um, you're absolutely right to talk about creatively inspired insights rather than data compiled conclusions. And yet, the latter is quite attractive to some people because it takes the threat and the risk out of going um, uh, out on a limb because the numbers suggest that you'll be safe there. But the numbers will suggest the same thing to your competitors as well. And if you don't have the bravery to exercise some creativity, everybody ends up in the same place and it just becomes a madness. Yeah, yuck. Okay, take me through your hero, if you would. What was your favourite breakfast cereal, Bruce? Never had breakfast cereal in my life. I grew up on a farm and I had to milk the cows before I went to bed. You know what I mean. I think a cornflake was probably my favourite thing. And uh, on a Sunday, I was given pro-neutro. Hard life, really. The tough life of a filiunskrun child, yes. Exactly. Mine mine was a brand called Shreddies, which I have discovered to my delight is available here in South Africa now after a long absence. And... um, what has that got to do with, with the subject I'm going to talk about, which is um, flatulence filtering underwear? Can you believe it? There's a brand called Shreddies, the original, which tackles flatulence filtering underwear. In other words, when you fart, excuse me, these ever underpants absorb all of the aroma prior to it reaching your, um, anyone else's nostrils in the area. And apparently it works. And at first I thought this was a spoof and I did a lot of running around to see if it was, but there's quite a lot of serious debate online. And uh, I went to Snopes to see if there was any problems there and no. So it does seem to be a genuine uh, product manufactured in Britain, but exported around the world because it does just what it says on the tin. Um, And uh, what I, what I really The reason I came across it was because there was an ad online that simply was a headline, like many are, which said, say good Biden to embarrassing Trumps. (laughs) Now, that was that was clearly a reference to the uh, the end of the of the Trump era and the arrival of Joe Biden. But I couldn't quite see where the word Trumps worked until it was pointed out in one of the debates that um, in many parts of the world with a British heritage, the word Trump is, in fact, a synonym for fart. And it's considered to be a word you can use in slightly more polite company than fart itself. So, in other words, say goodbye to say good Biden to embarrassing Trumps, swap Trumps to farts, and you have a, an intriguing solution to an intriguing headline. Very simple, it, it, else it, 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 it looks like, I mean, from a... It looks like a copywriter came up with the line and then said, what product can we attach this to? 
Well, you know, that's something that uh, you might want to repeat in about a couple of minutes' time when we get on to the zero, because I think that, that is indeed a similar guilty one. But um, I think the topicality of this is probably proof that it wasn't sitting around in, in, a, in a bottom drawer of some creative director's office for years waiting for an outlet. Um, but what I liked about the whole thing um, was the, 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 the brand, the product, um, it moves away from what you might consider to be the sort of um, uh, medicinal uh, area of perhaps um, difficulty in controlling one's, one's outputs. Um, but uh, instead, it's, it's, it's treated in a manner which is, which is lighthearted and which allows um, people who suffer from such conditions to uh, feel a sense of, should I say, relief? I'm not sure. Um, but uh, some of the other ads in the same series take it even more bluntly. You know, the big headline that says, let rip or there she blows, or fast and furious. Now, I'm sorry, that's sort of kind of the end of my discussion on this rather Thank you. topic. But I just thought it was, it was uh, uh, appropriate and witty, and certainly for a, for a tiny little brand, I'm sure it's earned a lot of media cover just from this, this one, two, three, four, five, six-word advertisement. Fabulous. And what about your zero, Andy? Do you watch MasterChef Australia? Uh, I'm afraid, Andy, I'm quite a busy guy. So no, and I'm afraid that if I did, I might become addicted. So no, I don't. Well, I think I have slipped into that latter category. But you do, you do know they have things that allow you to record programming. It's you're too busy to, to see live. But anyway, so if you had watch. watched this one, you, you would have noticed that there were two South African brands very very interwoven in the in the uh, ad breaks. One is Lotto Star, who are the official sponsors. But the other is Russell Hobbs, the appliance manufacturer. And they've been running their ad uh, in in the commercial breaks, I would say two or three times per per hour long program. And and um, you may have the the audio there, Bruce, if you, if you We do. most certainly do. Would you like to have a little listen? I think we should have a little listen so that people can understand uh, some of the context of what I'm going to be critical of. George Maestro, play music. The following soundtrack is made only from Russell Hobbs appliances. Russell Hobbs, all day, every day. I must admit it was more captivating the first time I heard it. Now it's just annoying. Um, what's your commentary, Andy? Well, I think, first of all, the, the campaign starts well in terms of its um, thinking in, in media terms. So I, I think it's rather than spend a, very much more money on being an official sponsor, I think that they have allowed uh, their brand to, to carry some of the glow from MasterChef Australia by its frequency on air. But essentially, it, set, it shows and says nothing more than we have a lot of appliances. Um, <laughs> hence the, the end line, um, all day, every day, Russell Hobbs. Now, Russell Hobbs, to me, is a brand with a pedigree and a heritage of, of real quality. And in the, in the, in the ad breaks that uh, interrupt programming, which has the most extraordinary appliances being demonstrated and being used by the various candidate chefs, um, it seems a wasted opportunity, and I think it was one of those ideas 
sitting in the bottom drawer that was looking for a brand to go with it. So you have this soundtrack made up entirely of the on-off switches and clicks and bubbles and, and squeaks of the appliances working. And I have a nagging feeling that I've seen that idea used somewhere else. I can't recall exactly, and I hope someone might let me know. If I've got it wrong, I apologize. But it just seems to me a creative campaign that set itself up to be great because of its clever media planning and clever media buying, only to let the brand down with an execution that for me was far from um, hero status. Andy Rice, thank you very much indeed. Russell Hobbs gets a big fat zero, but Shreddies, Andy's favourite childhood cereal, and yes, I've seen it on the shelves uh, for its witty repartee and slightly flatulent dialogue, um, gets a gets uh, Andy's hero status. And then this idea of remote working, stifling creativity. I wonder if every industry is feeling it as much as advertising is.